Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Doubles has delivered once again in the Davis Cup and it does mean that we have live tennis to look forward to with the reverse singles on Sunday. Catherine Whittaker is here. Catherine, hello. 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 And Matt, you've been there amongst it throughout. How are you doing? I'm very well. I'm exhausted. It was totally exhausting to watch that, but also thrilling. Fantastic. Uh, That's brilliant. Well, if you haven't followed it in depth, here's a quick rundown of what happened. Uh, Yannick Noah started crying immediately when when the French national anthem was being played. Then Mahou and Herbert went cruising off into the distance, two sets to love up and a break up in the third. I think they even had a a break point chance for for three love uh, in that third set. Then Croatia mounted the sort of comeback that we have always loved about Davies Cup doubles, got it into a, a fourth set. There was even some aggro at the end of the fourth set, so I was absolutely beside myself with joy uh, because of Mato Pavic's antics. And eventually, Herbert Mahu got over the, the finish line, so it's 2-1 overnight. Does that about sum it up? Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, it was, honestly, it was genuinely one of the best things I've witnessed live. Wow. I, I, I thought it was loud but yesterday. How does it compare to Bruce Springsteen, Matt? Well, it reminded me of that. It was like a concert. <laughs> when you when you left, you were just sort of so sort of overwhelmed by it all. And you knew you'd had a great time and you knew that you kind of wanted to do it all again. Um, how, and how did it compare to Fulham winning the playoffs? Oh, well, it might be a rung below that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I was following the the Fulham game today but as that well. That seems like at a long time, time ago, Matt. Yeah, yeah. 
If, oh, if oh you'd dear. have been this French is taken a, this today... This has taken a sour turn. <laughs> <laughs> if you'd have been French today, though, I, I imagine the feelings would have been similar because if it's got the sort of hairs on the neck standing up for somebody who's not French, imagine mm. if you were French and you were in that stadium. Yeah, well... As I said, I thought it was loud yesterday. Today was just another level altogether. It was there was three thousand more people in here today, um, and I just think the Davis Cup is the most sort of sensory sporting experience imaginable. Really, you're sort of bombarded with the bright colours of all the fans. You know, there's people dressed up as the tricolor. Um, it's the sort of wall of noise that just reverberates and just goes through you, really, and and you've ate you know, you're tightly packed in because the stadium's full and it's just, there's just nothing else like it. And a stark contrast to where you are now. You're in the stadium right now, aren't you? I am, yes. I'm watching Borna Kshorich practice at the moment. In fact, it looks like he's, looks like he's just finished, but he's, he's just been practicing his returns as I, as I sat down. And he's just on his own, basically, with, with a couple of teammates and, and support yep. crew around him. Yeah, there's a few there's a few other people in here cleaning up. Um but no, it's How many how many does this stadium hold? Well, for the tennis, I believe they said the capacity this year was going to be 25,000, but today it was about 23. I think yesterday it had been 20. Right. Okay, well, that's a heck of a good number, isn't it? Mm. Catherine, you, you you watched the match. Did you feel that we were going to get that sting in the tail because I, don't, I didn't see that coming at all. Sting in the tail, what, the, the Croatia comeback? Yes. Absolutely not, no. I mean, they were fully in control, weren't they? Pierre Gerber was just giving us a masterclass mm. um, in in serving, in doubles play. His Something about the the trajectory of their balls, particularly his over the net, is just so perfect for doubles. He applies the perfect amount of spin, the number of balls that just dip perfectly over the net right at the feet of the opponents um left me open mouthed at times it was it was quite wonderful and i i was so impressed with how they were holding together the 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 weight of the pressure especially given pierre gobert is a guy that less than a week ago double faulted to to give away the the world tour finals title now i know that um the format in um well in tour level um doubles is extremely unforgiving uh in terms of you know there being a uh a match tiebreak to to decide instead of a third set but uh, nonetheless I, I was thinking gosh this is i was preparing my nerveless you know my lines to talk about how nerveless the french were and then suddenly there was just this big letdown wasn't there i i, I cannot believe it was complacency and not in those circumstances but whatever it was um, the the neutral tennis fan in me was absolutely loving it um, because it just it it amplified everything, didn't it? It, mm. it? The the quality of the match improved, the quality of the atmosphere improved, even though it was already extraordinary. Um, and there was a little part of me that wanted that fifth set, but then not as big as the part of me that wanted tomorrow to be um, to be live. So I'll I'll settle for a barnstormer of a match, which takes us into. A third day. Matt, when Catherine describes that comeback, give us an insight from somebody who was actually in the stadium in terms of how it sounded and how it felt. Because you, you go from the sort of overjoyed and, and incredibly emotional opening scenes 
to what is a basically a cruise, as I described it earlier, when it just looks an absolute certainty that we're going into a a, mm. a third day. You, you and I and Catherine were already talking about the reverse singles when it was two sets to love, and suddenly it starts to change. How how did that manifest itself in terms of the atmosphere? Well, I think there was a classic moment that you do see quite a lot in tennis, where where. A, in this case, it was a team, has a chance to go up a double break and they didn't take it. And it felt quite significant. I still felt like the French were firmly in control, but when they didn't take, take it, it's just these small moments in Davis Cup that become so much more heightened, I think. And the Croatian fans suddenly sensed a bit. And it was actually, I thought it was the fans could have inspiring the players. Sometimes that that relationship between the players and the fans is an interesting one. Sometimes you need, you know, the players need to perform to give the fans something. But here it was the Croatians who just latched on to that moment where Pavic and Dodic stayed firm, resisted, held serve. And then, as you said, it all just changed and they won five games in a row. I mean, it wasn't, they weren't sort of cruising through the games. They were tightly contested games. But suddenly they had all that momentum and suddenly it was all the... All the noise you could hear was Croatian. Um, and then the start of the fourth set, Herbert and Mahou did a brilliant job to hold serve because they, they faced some break points there. And then they were kind of back on track. And then you just had this fourth set, which just built and built to this magnificent crescendo where we had three match points on the Pavic serve. And then we got that aggro you were talking about, David. Yeah, we did. Well, first of all, let's just deal with this. I just want to get a sense of the sound that you were hearing because it, it, in in Wimbledon centre court when things are not going the way of the the chosen player the British player you just get this oh, Swiss player you know, David <laughs> well yes but you get that sort of sound of disappointment um, or you get that sound of concern hmm. did you did you get that sense you're starting to hear the the Croatian fans making their noise starting to believe what what were you getting from the Croatian fans at that point. Well, yeah, I mean, the Croatian fans were very loud. The French fans were just, I mean, they were keeping their energy up for sure. I think there's no such thing as a Davis Cup fan with a crushed spirit. You know, they will cheer till the end. It just was slightly, slightly less loud than it was at the beginning. And they were being slightly drowned out by the Croatians. I do, I do think it's been talked about a lot in the build up to this, how this is a repeat of the World Cup final. And I, I do sense a little bit of sort of angst between the two sets of fans. Now, maybe that's just totally normal for a Davis Cup, but I I really think Croatia want to get one up on the French here. Um, and it, Is it, 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 I was just going to say on the energy level thing, I remember being so struck by that last year, Matt, that they, they, are, they just never let up. They never say, mm. OK, you know, the Frenchies are up 4-2 or whatever. Let's just have a little sit down here. Let's, no, uh, let's go and get some refreshments and uh, regroup so that we can cheer loudly <laughs> in the next set, which is totally uh, how I would have to approach uh, being a Davis Cup super fan. Uh, they, the energy levels never wane for a second i don't know how many cans of red bull they have to consume uh before they enter the stadium although isn't red bull banned in france oh i don't know or is that one Might of those be. urban myths anyway well there's certainly no red bull on the ground around me at the moment but there's lots of perrier i remember that <laughs> does that have right. the same qualities <laughs> 
Well, you know what I mean. I mean anyway, that is interesting that you picked up on that. They just, you know, there's no waxing and waning uh, no. at all. They're just, I mean, goodness me, they're going to sleep well tonight, aren't they? I, w- I want to get into the aggro now. Um, so, it, it, what was it? It was about four five. It was four and five. Love forty on Pavic's serve and. The, the French duo are coming on strong. The place is just waiting to celebrate, really, isn't it? Mm. And and it, and he then stopped play because he was starting to get wound up by the crowd making noise in between his serves. And, 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 and I think even when his opponents, he felt, were moving. And, of course, mm. there is a backstory aside from the, the World Cup final. There's also the backstory from the O2 where Pavic... And and his partner there played against who I can't remember who his partner was. Was that Dodd? Uh, no, it was it was Marak, I think. Oh wasn't yes, it? Marak. And and they were playing against Mahu and Herbert, and there was a medical timeout, and Pavic accused Mahu of acting <laughs> mm. during that after that that medical timeout. So there's all that going on, and he just he wasn't having it, was he? He just was not going to be cowed at all by twenty three thousand people screaming in his ear. No, and he was the perfect villain in that in that moment because he then you know he was already getting booed and then he started sort of whipping up the croatian crowd and got them to cheer and that just made everyone boo more it was it was it was just sporting theater really and then and then of course he went to save all three match points at the time it felt like you know what are you doing you're just going to get the crowd on your back but he, he obviously wanted that and he saved all three match points and then they won the game and it eventually headed to a tiebreak or a jeu décisif, as they say here. Mm. Taking on, Catherine, a French crowd is quite a move, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what I mean, I, I, what other what other tactic is there? What to just lie down and, and acquiesce um, to a French crowd? I mean, it, yeah, it's it's. It, it never feels nasty, does it? I don't no. think the French crowd. It just feels like un- overwhelmingly emotional. I mean, maybe it is something to do with La Marseillaise. I don't know. I mean, yeah, those scenes of Yannick Noah crying in the um, the opening uh, national anthem today, and then of course, of course, Nicolas Mahou busts on his um, his secret weapon <laughs> after the victory, which is absolutely adorable son already famous from his where was it was Roland Garros was it yeah and um, they won he, yeah and they won what was he doing uh, flossing was it it was flossing yeah flossing yeah. on the court anyway that became a YouTube sensation so um, yeah it, it was just I don't know there's something they have a, a very powerful way of stealing hearts don't they and oh my goodness, tomorrow's going to be, oh yeah. Good luck, good luck with that national anthem. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be special. On the subject of that national anthem, Yannick Noah. Afterwards, we we got to hear from him. We can hear from him now, talking about well, what happened when he got emotional in the French national anthem. Yeah, I don't know where it came from. I, I guess I was thinking about my mom, and uh, she was always very proud of me being the captain. So I said maybe it's my last Marseillaise. And all of it, I got, got into my heart. Well, it's not your last. Um, talk about this match, these guys who gave life back uh, to your team. Well, I mean, these guys played great. You know, they, are, they played as a team. At times, you know, uh, Pierre played some really great, great tennis. Nicola was solid. Uh, and then, you know, as always in Davis Cup, it's a lot of uh, pressure, tension. 
they did great in the first two and a half sets and all of a sudden a little let down and then got to our heads but they came back and then three match points in a row missing three returns <laughs> so no I was oh no 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 please no uh, but then they had a great reaction Nico had a great serve and then they played a perfect tiebreaker were you worried in the tiebreaker were you wor well, were you worried for about a fifth set well I mean I'm worried all the time but the whole thing is try to pretend I'm not worried you do a pretty good job at it. What's what's now the word tonight? Now you're. It's no longer two zero. It's two one. All you need is one point to tie the tie, and then it's anybody's game, right? Well, I mean, uh, it's Davis Cup is special. You know, it's so mental. It's uh, you know how you see how the crowd can get involved. You know, it really helps when you play at home. So uh, we didn't have the opportunity uh, yesterday to have them get involved because uh, Corich and. Uh, Cities were like so good, so we were never close. But today, you know, as you could feel, they're ready, and tomorrow it's going to be just crazy. So uh, we're going to try to stick close and uh, do what we have to do, and then you never know. Are there going to be changes tomorrow? Uh, we might. I, I'm not. We might. I have to check with you know the doctor. Uh, Joe was. A little slightly injured. How did he, does he feel today? I'm not sure because I was I was with the double guys. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering Tennis Podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. So there's Yannick Noah talking about uh, about what he's just been through and uh, 
Eli Weinstein trying to get something out of him about uh, about what he's going to do tomorrow. He went into press after that, Matt. Did you get any further? You got any more clues? Well, he he sort of reiterated in press. He said he was just massively overwhelmed by the atmosphere today, partly because he, you know, he, he had a sense even before it all started that there might not be another one like it. And I kind of got that feeling in the stadium this morning, actually. It, it had a sort of end of an era feel to it. So obviously, this could have been Yannick Noah's last match as, as captain and also the last Davis Cup final match as we know it. Um, and so he said how yesterday he was a bit frustrated how they couldn't really use the crowd because Croatia was so so superior but then today the way Mao and Air Bear started was just irresistible and that immediately got the crowd on side and then uh, the other good line to come out from his press conference was looking ahead tomorrow he was asked whether whether he will play Luca Pui first up. And he, he said, I don't see one good reason to tell you the team tomorrow, even though I love you. <laughs> As you said, Catherine, he, he's another one who, who, who he knows the right things to say, doesn't he? Um, <laughs> well, so, I mean, the yeah. right thing to say would have been to, to give away his game plan, what he's going to do. I mean, look, he's going to bring, he's going to bring in Luca Pui, isn't he? I found that interview with Eli interesting on a number of levels. I mean, when he started talking about that he was going to have a chat with the doctor about Songa, I just thought, what, what are you on, mate? I mean, that you need to choose to drop Songa, regardless of what the doctor has to say. It might sound harsh, but I mean, Songa showed him nothing yesterday, I don't think, to convince him that he's capable of, of winning a, a fourth rubber um, against Borna Chorich tomorrow. I mean, maybe it's just a, a, a cover story to, cause, you know, to, to drop someone of, of Songa's stature and Davis Cup history on non-medical ground. You know, they, and those two personally obviously go back a long way. Maybe it's just a, an easier, softer was a softening of the blow isn't it but I, I did find that a bit bizarre that he was going to wander off into the corridors and have a chat with the doctor but yeah I I mean if if Luca Puy doesn't play tomorrow then well I mean Luca Puy is going to play tomorrow mm. yeah I can't I, say anything else can can you Matt no I can't and that would mean that we could potentially see Pierre Ugebert in the singles do we not think because that would mean Pui would come in in the first match and Shardy can't play against uh, Chorich again. If there are concerns about Songa, then maybe you're left with Herbert. I mean, I, th- I mean, Herbert showed a lot more today in the doubles. I know it's a, I know it's doubles and not singles than Songa did. And he was, he was sort of loving the occasion. He was the one inciting the crowd and getting them going. And he, as Catherine said, he played really well today. I thought he was the standout player. But mm. obviously in a fifth set singles match it is a little bit different and maybe maybe he would go with Songa's experience could could Pui not come in for Songa and then he'd play the the first reverse singles against Chorich and then it would be Shardy against Chilich that's but that I, all works but, doesn't but it but I think the order of play is for for Chilich to be playing first yeah they play okay, the, th- well, the two number ones first don't they okay so then Shardy against Shardy okay. against Chilich first then can that not yeah, happen but but I don't know maybe they want that if if Pui's their best chance of getting a point yeah they're gonna they're gonna want to use him first I'd have thought yes oh, I see 
I see so what you're saying, Matt. I see what you're mm. saying. The draw has not done them any favours there. No, it's almost as though he should have played Luca Pui on the first day. Yeah, it, it is. <laughs> funny you should say. Funny you should say that, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if he's oh, having dear. thoughts a lot. I don't think I. We shall see. We shall see what's going to happen. Well, I mean, look, I don't know about you. But I, I still think Croatia will win because just on paper, how can they not win? But did, does it not make it a day like today? Does it not make you think, crikey, that this could happen? Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, you're having to fight back your sort of emotions and your senses and try and look at it logically and logic still says that Croatia should win you know both of the singles matches tomorrow should we you know if we take them just separately but you know things things happen is an expression we've used I think before on the podcast isn't it (laughs) especially me (laughs) hey Matt you you almost used the word foregone conclusion in relation in relation to Novak Djokovic at the OT it was only my my cautionary tale you're welcome that's that's uh, that prevented you from doing so (laughs) it's it's an easy trap to fall into I've I've done us all a service Don't get her out of it, Matt. She still needs to be reminded at every opportunity. Um, Matt, was, was there any, the way you're talking about it, I mean, I remember having similar feelings last year. It's very evocative hearing your emotional sort of gut reaction to, to what you've seen and experienced today. Is it is it tinged with sadness because it will never happen again? I mean, other great, great things might happen in Davis Cup, mm. but it, uh, today uh, we will never see a, a, a replica of today again absolutely uh, honestly how how someone could watch what unfolded today and think that that's a part of tennis that needs to change i don't i don't really get it to be honest but it was it was yes bind tingling you know goosebumps really it was it was fantastic and but it was there was that sense of sadness certainly as i said i felt at the beginning as it as it went on i think most people were just so involved in the match um but you know i think we'll look back on this as well what the last five set doubles rubber that's for sure um in the davis cup final yeah i mean dub- doubles the is the sets, one so. that is the one that really hammers it home for you i think what you're missing but what what we're going to lose because I don't know if you asked if you asked a bunch of tennis fans what their favourite ever singles match was. I'm not sure. I mean, pro- probably a few. Obviously, there have been some unreal um, Davis Cup singles matches, but I think most people probably wouldn't cite Davis Cup um, on balance Davis Cup matches. But if you ask people their most memorable ever doubles match that they've seen, I think a lot would say Davis mm. Cup. And um, I just think. I just think the sort of rhythm of a doubles match really suits the Davis Cup atmosphere because it's, you know, it's all bursts and sort of these eruptions of joy that you get. And it, and the crowd don't really, I think a lot of the crowd in here, I mean, obviously a lot of them are sort of hardcore tennis fans, but lots of them as well are just here for, you know, a day out, an occasion. that They're not maybe so worried about the tactics of a singles and constructing points and all that sort of thing they just want to see winners and and quick reactions at the net and volleys and you just and you get all that in doubles and it it just seems to really suit the davis cup one thing i would should just say is that the qualifying round in february is still going to be played 
as four singles and one yeah. doubles in yeah. middles. I mean, albeit best of three sets. So it's never going to be the same. And also that's not the final. The The actual order of the, the matches that are going to be played in the finals next year are going to be two singles and one doubles. So we're still going to get doubles, albeit oh, over sure. the best of three sets. But we don't. I don't think we know yet whether that's going to be in the middle of the the three or whether it's going to be sort of the third match if required but Mm. you know at least at least we still have doubles but you know you're quite right we're never going to have a day like today again and i think i think this is a perfect opportunity to just reminisce a little bit before we sign off for the night because over the years i mean Catherine and I have spent, what, seven years on the Tennis Podcast talking about doubles rubbers and, and that uniqueness, that the, the special feeling you get. And what are your favourites from over the years? Have you, have you got a specific one, Matt? Well, the one, I mean, obviously today. <laughs> um, you, you really would put today up there with, with things you've seen previously. I think, I think being here has helped massively. Um, I've I've not been to another Davis Cup doubles rubber live. Um, th- I mean, and then the other ones for me that come to mind are a couple from Britain's uh, Britain's run in 2015. The the one I think you mentioned a couple of days ago, Murray and Murray against uh, Groth and Hewitt, and then also was it uh, Inglot and Murray against the Bryan brothers? I think yes. Um, they yes. were both they were both five sets and both just. Yeah, they were just fantastic because they just felt so important the way that they were just in the middle of the tie and five sets and yeah, just those two come to mind for me immediately. Mm. Catherine? Yeah, I mean, with apologies for both the recency bias and the British bias. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, both of those come to mind for me. I think actually that the second one you mentioned there, the one in the, the US tie, elements of that possibly more memorable because that I mean that whole tie was I mean I think just about on balance GB were expected to win that semi-final against Australia but GB definitely weren't expected to win that tie against the the USA and obviously James Ward's uh, victory went a long way as did that victory in the doubles but I was courtside for the the semi-final doubles Hewitt and Groth against Murray and Murray and that was one of the most special things I've ever seen something about I mean it just had everything didn't it not only the 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 Davis Cup atmosphere the Leighton Hewitt factor um the you know brothers playing together um, oh yeah Mm. that that does it for me just thinking about that makes me a bit emotional to be honest (laughs) yeah Yeah, me too me too so uh, I've got a few here uh, at Tennis Podcast on Twitter they've been flooding in memories Ali has come up with some corkers here Ancic and Lubacic beating the Bryans in 2005 I remember that I think that was away as well I mean everybody just expecting uh, the the US to just roll over uh, Croatia and and Ancic and Lubacic just stepping up Um, Burdick and Russell beating Vavrinko and Marco 24-22 in the final set Uh, she also mentions uh, Woodbridge and Arthurs beating Spain she felt it meant a lot particularly to to those two Woodbridge and and, and, and Arthurs having been dumped she says for Hewitt and Rafter in the 2001 uh, final I, I think the one that that really I remember, and it's for completely different reasons to the one that Catherine's mentioned with the Murray brothers, which which I think just because they're brothers as well really adds to it. I'll always remember 
Hemman and Rizetsky's doubles partnership for for two guys. I don't want to say they hate each other, but the, <laughs> but they don't they like each have. other particularly. I mean, they. Do, it's not a bromance, is it? Yeah. You know, then then you're never going to see those two texting uh, twenty years later about their memories. They they sort of they sort of stomach each other. They're fine with each other. They think that they're okay, but I'd frankly not like to spend too much time with him i'm pretty sure is my sense at least i don't know this for sure but that's what that's always been the sense but as a doubles partnership they were absolutely irresistible they, they just meshed perfectly and and that year that britain played against the united states and were two zero down they they'd They'd lost, uh, Henman had lost to Courier, uh, and then uh, and Rizetsky got smashed by Todd Martin, I think it was. And then in the, in the doubles, they combined to win through, I think, I think a five-setter, and then very, very nearly turned it around. He- Henman um, got the win over Todd Martin, and then it was Rizetsky against Courier, and he, he got edged out. An absolute classic. And I just remember this, this was front and back page news on every national newspaper, but it was that doubles that set it off. And, and you got the, the, the feeling that even though they didn't particularly like each other, even though they were really rivals back then, Henman and Rizetsky, they they combined for the greater good of, of representing their country. And it was really special, really special. So uh, final thought, folks. What are we, is anybody here going to go with the magic for tomorrow? And, and I mean, let, let's not forget, two years ago, Marin Cilic was, was, was a set away from bringing Davis Cup glory to Croatia, wasn't he, against Juan Martin Del Potro. He was two mm. sets to one up, and I think he lost. Was it lost in five? I think that's right. Uh, and, th- and then in the fifth rubber, it was Karlovic who, who went down, I think, to, to... I can't remember who it was. Del, to Del Bonis, was it Del Bonis? It? Yeah. 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 So is anybody going to go with the comeback? No. <laughs> no. Catherine, come on. You're a, you're a romantic. You'll go for it. I am. I am. But it... But what I saw yesterday and the way that Croatia made it about the tennis, I'm, they convinced me that they can do that again. I think if Puy comes in in that fourth rubber, I think we could have a thriller and mm. I think we could have some Chilich wobble. <laughs> it wouldn't be, you know, it wouldn't be a Davis Cup final for Croatia without a Chilich wobble. Um, but I think he will get over the line. Marin yeah, Cilic, and I, think, I do. And I think, I think Chorich is a... I mean, we don't know. We've not seen him in this situation, but I think he's a very good backup to have for Croatia. Certainly stronger than Karlovic was in 2016. Hmm. Oh, it's so much excitement ahead of us. Uh, I would hope at least uh, on finals day in Sunday. Right, go and rest up, uh, Grad Matt. You've had, a, you've had a big old day. Uh, uh, lots of emotion has been expended. Uh, yes. We will be back <laughs> with another tennis podcast brought to you in association with The Telegraph after the reverse singles tomorrow. Executive produced by Melody Bowes, TennisBalls.com and Triple uh, S. Our mascot is Charlie the Ferret. We're sponsored by the Manga Club. And Catherine, Matt and myself, David Law, will be back tomorrow. See you then. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.